everybody. You're listening to Sit Down with Stand-Ups. I'm Ari Azizian, and I'm so honored to be speaking with my guest today. He's a terrific actor, and he's a very funny comedian. You may know him as Jerry, Gary, Larry, and Terry from Parks and Recreation. I'm here with Mr. Jim O'Hare. Hey. How are you? I'm good, and as of the other night, Barry. Barry, oh. Yeah, and wow. Chris Pratt's uh, Johnny Karate show. <laughs> I'm the mailman Barry. So... When the ninjas attack. Just when the ninjas yeah, attack. That's yeah, such a great <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Thank you for being here. Um, you grew up in Chicago. Yeah, uh, South Suburbs, South a place suburbs. called Lansing, Illinois. But then, when I was old enough to leave, I left. Uh, I went to uh, kind of Wrigleyville in Chicago, which okay. is just a great area. Next to the yeah. ballpark. Next to the ballpark. Yeah. Pretty close to the ballpark. Uh, it's a. Uh, I was just in Chicago last week. I love it. I just. It's a really funny town. It's too, a great right? town. There's so much comedy. I went very unexpectedly. I went and saw Second City Main Stage. Oh, cool. So I'm and they were everybody was very sweet. You know, I I arrived unexpectedly. The show was sold out. They still accommodated me. It was all very That's nice. Awesome. And then they came up to me in the intermission and said the cast would like to meet you after. Is that okay? I said well, of course. So I go and meet the cast after, and then they said, would you stay and do a set with us, an improv set? <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn, I haven't done that in a lot of years. No, I don't think I can. Well, of course, they talked me into it, and I had a blast. That's it so was cool. The audience was super great, and the actors, they're just very, um, they took care of me. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they, you know, it's like a good interview. A good interviewer always makes the interviewee look good. And that's, they that's made what me I'm going to try. Well, thank you. Well, you're doing a good job. No, but they did a really good job of making me that's look so good. Much fun. Almost like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, so that was sweet. But I love Chicago. Well, I love how long it. has it been since you've been doing improv? Because I know you've been busy with the show and everything. Yeah, it's been so many years for really? improv. I like it. I mean, I was terrified, but it is kind of like riding a bike, yeah. you know, it had been so long. And then once I got out there, you know, cause they had said, you only have to do what you want to do. You know, you can stay, kind of stay to the back. Well, I was jumping in and out and I was doing all <laughs> sorts of stuff, but I trained, uh, improv in second city. That's where it all started right. in 19, wow, 80, um, 85, I guess. Oh God. So long ago. Uh, so and that's all I did for a while. So yep. you think, wow, this is what I'll do. But then, I got to tell you, as I became a full-fledged actor and was getting scripts, it's you get lazy because the right. words are written for you. Exactly. You still have work to do. You have to, you know, come up with your how your your take on the character. All that. It's not like that's easy. Right. But it's not improv. Yeah. You know, you got to exercise. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that being said, on Parks, I'm working with Amy Poehler, who, the queen of, of improv. improv. Yeah. So. We got to improv a lot on the show, um, and so I think that helped me keep things a little sharp. But you know, because if you could make Amy Poehler laugh, you yeah. just felt like wow. you had just, <laughs> you know, I mean, not that she's a tough laugh; she's kind of an easy laugh. But she only laughs at smart stuff. Right. Amy doesn't laugh at. Uh, it had to be smart, it had, and so it, it was. We always would love it if we got Amy <laughs> to laugh. Yeah, but so yeah, she, uh, improv was where it all began. Did it for a lot of years, but then it's been a lot of years where I haven't. Yeah. So it's really intimidating. And that's great that you had a great time doing it in Chicago. Oh my God, so great! But again, they coddled me. Right. They took well, care that's of me. All improv, you know, you got to make it look good. Exactly. So. And, the, and the the audience was so warm, and there was obviously a lot of uh, Parks fans because they were just great, great and screaming things out. And <laughs> yes, it was great. It was a wonder. I was so, when I left there that night. I had such like a, wow, I'm home yeah. kind of feeling. Because I had performed in that space 20-something years earlier. Wow. 
was the last time I was in that yeah, space on that's stage. That's a great feeling. So it was it was really I remember this is probably too much information. <laughs> laying in, in a hotel bed that night and just like thinking, wow, this was kind of the perfect night. Uh, the old expression, you can't go home again. Well, right. I kind of did, and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe that's too deep. I don't know. <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, you, when you grew up in Chicago, you also were a disc jockey in college? Well, yeah. You know what I did in college? Uh, I didn't know what I was, you know, I graduated high school. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I got accepted to Loyola, which is a good school in Chicago. So I went. Uh, I th- I officially said I was a business major. That's what I did. There you go. And radio you on the side. Yeah. yeah so I, but I didn't even know I was going to do radio on the side. Right. I just was like, well, I'll do business. And then um, I got there, and I got involved in a fraternity, Delta Sigma Pi. And that was crazy. <laughs> and one of the guys in Delta Sigma was working on the radio station. So I tuned in. It's, you know, it's the college radio station. So it went throughout the college and then maybe a mile out into the world. Right. You know, there's whatever the wattage was. Yeah. And that was really fun. Like, I remember thinking this is pretty cool. Though, it, 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 I couldn't do a lot of music because my musical taste is horrendous. <laughs> I love it, of course. Yeah. It's what I love. What was your taste? Oh, my God. I, I am embarrassed, but I've said it before, so I'm going to stand with it. I know every Barry Manilow song. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. That is just, I don't Mandy. know why. Mandy's Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> you came <laughs> without taking Mandy. <laughs> Um, Every time she came, she gave without taking. No, but uh, that's just so no one wanted to hear what I had to. <laughs> I had no interest in my musical right. taste, and I couldn't blame them. Uh, so I got I, I, instead of playing music, I kind of just chatted and said whatever stupid crap came into my yeah. head. And I thought this is kind of cool. I like this. And school wasn't really working for me. I was loving the fraternity, but the school part, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. It was a very confusing time. I didn't know what I was going to do. Which is why I'm always amazed, you know, and I have nieces and stuff who are in college now, and how the hell do you know what you're going to do when you walk in? You know, know, people are like, what are you majoring in? Um, (laughs) uh, For the past 12 years, everything has been done for me. I don't know. I I don't know. So I always tell young people, you know, you'll figure it out, but don't feel like day one, unless some people have a passion, Mm -hmm. you know, from day one, you know, little kid, I want to be a doctor. God bless. Go for that. You know. If that's truly your thing, but otherwise you gotta like try com- stuff. Comedy is you gotta try a bunch of things. Comedy, you, especially comedy. You yeah. can't and, be born. I mean, you can be funny, but to think that you're gonna be a comedian is like a weird. It's thought. one thing to be, as my sister would say, there's family funny, and then there's funny funny. <laughs> right. And I'll never forget. I was doing some shows somewhere, and my sister was so worried because she hadn't seen me perform on stage, mm-hmm. and she said she told one of her friends, "But what if it turns out he's only family funny, <laughs> and he's not funny for the world?" You know? Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. But I come from a very I guess funny family and yeah. we joke around a lot of laughs um, so uh, I forget what the hell was I even asking oh about radio oh yeah. so yeah, yeah so then I was there and I really liked it and then my mom called me one day because she knew I was up in the air about what was going on and she said there's this broadcast academy that looks really cool so I checked it out it was I believe the name is the Midwestern Broadcast Academy and I went there and basically you go I'm going to say it was nine months I'm not exactly sure but you leave with a demo reel Okay. that then you'll send out to radio stations right. and try to get a job. Well, you really learned a lot. You learned how boards work. You learned how, you know, all the trade uh, talk, you know, and about at the time carts, which you would probably don't even know what that is. You're so damn young. But um, everything wasn't just buttons then. It right. was physically, like you would walk into a morning shift and you could have 60 what looked like 8-track uh, carts yep. 
stacked because it's oh, yeah. commercials and promos and everything. Right. No, our college boom, radio boom, station boom, had a seventies board, so yes, I was the, familiar with. Then you know what it is. It's yeah. exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. So, I went there and uh, I left there with this uh, reel, this demo reel, and I sent it. You send it all over the damn country, and you get a million letters of eh, no thank you, no thank you, no thank yeah. you, no thank you, and then I get a phone call. Wow. Hi, this is whomever W R I N W L Q I. We heard your tape. We'd love to meet with you. Well, it turns out it was only an hour and a half from my home. It was in Rensselaer, Indiana. So I went there and I met with them and they offered me the job. And as I always say, it was a miserable slash awesome experience because dues were paid. (laughs) Big, fat, hairy dudes were paid. Uh, I worked, I I always figured it was around 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. And I made $120 a week. I mean, this is it. Yeah. So there was... Would they put you on the air at like one in the morning? Well, no. Actually, I got the uh, mid-morning shift. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't upset about that. Um, But so I was on for three hours, but then I spent the rest of the day doing their logs and trying to make sale ads. I mean, it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. Uh, You're like, if you make a sale, like say the local... You know, pharmacy is going to run an ad. You have to cut the ad. You have to record. Do all the paperwork. It's, con- it's everything. Yeah. It's everything. Wow, yeah, yeah, $120 a week. But I learned so much. I learned, number one, I don't want to do that any longer. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I got a call one day uh, off air from someone who had been driving through town, and he just suggested to me that you might enjoy Second City. You, you know, he liked my uh, back and forth with the callers. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh, blah, 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 we'll think about it. And next thing you know, I looked into it, and uh, it sounded really cool. That's an amazing so way. So somebody called in and told Someone you? Someone just called in and told me about this program wow. that they thought I'd be good for. And did you know about it before? Didn't. Or? I knew. I mean, of course I knew about Second City. Right. But I did not know about the and training. Or I didn't know how any of that happened. Because yeah. that was not my world. I didn't do theater in high school. Sadly, and I tell any kid now who will listen to me, you know, and, and especially in high school, you're so worried about being labeled. Well, in my high school, which is, we're talking 76 to 1980, so mm-hmm. a lot of years ago, there were the jocks and the burnouts right. and the uh, drama fags. And God forbid you'd be labeled a drama fag. Right. And when I look back, I probably would have had some of the best years of my life. I know, yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't because of a damn title. Because mm-hmm. of, you know, because I was kind of one of the smart kids. And, and I kind of got along with everybody. But when I look back, it's like, oh, I think of some of the plays they did and how much fun they must have had. They must have had a great time. Right, yeah. But because of, you know, being an idiot kid worried about what other people think. Well, I mean, did the, did the idea of acting even come in your mind at never, that point? Never right, came yeah. in my head. I mean, you know, I think everybody at some point, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to be like a famous actor? Blah, yeah. blah. But nothing serious. That was never a serious thought in my mind. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I ever did performance-wise was in eighth grade, I did uh, Annie Get Your Gun. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason they cast me in that damn thing was because I was the only big kid, so I fit the Chief Sitting Bull costume. <laughs> I know to this day. And, and that is the only reason I was even cast in that. And I remember how much fun that was. Right. But then high school and now, and I'm already a big kid. I don't need any other mm-hmm. uh, things to have people throw at me. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I had my group of friends. I was be low key, get very low-key, yeah. did pretty good in school. I was, you know good kid and all that kind of stuff um but back to second city i mean yeah. you just you heard this guy calling it did you ever find out who that was or? no no was so he called amazing. off the air like he literally yeah. called and said he, he for whatever reason he would drive that area and listen and, and listen and it was i'm sure what he heard was me being sarcastic because not that i meant to but 
this radio station was in a little town of uh, Rensselaer, Indiana. The only claim to fame is it's St. Joe's uh, College is there, and they had a pretty decent basketball team at the time. I don't know now. So, you know, these people that would call in, you know, it would be, yeah, Jim, I'm, I, I'm looking for someone to buy my, uh, I have two headed, two headed cattle. And it like, so it, it was like craziness. And right. like, if we had a contest, the prize would be a six pack of Pepsi. And I swear to you, these people are driving, cause it's out of, the station is in wherever, on some top of some hill. Yeah. Six feet of snow, these people are driving to get their free six pack of Pepsi. And so I think I became a little, um, Perhaps cynical, uh, you know, and so maybe he sensed That's some so of my. <laughs> so how long was it after that you heard that, that you went over to Second City to give it a shot? Boy, I don't know exactly, other than it was certainly within a couple of months. Because okay. I remember when I, because the guy who owned this radio station, I won't say his name, but he was Looney Tunes. <laughs> and um, him and his wife, and I remember at one point thinking, because I put up with a, I put up with a lot, not just me, everybody there. This right. was the nature of this radio station. And at one point, I thought, I got to do something. And then I remembered, like, well, that did sound interesting. And I had, like, the most supportive parents. So I knew I could move back home and still take, then go to Second City. So in other words, I have a roof over my head still, you know, because they were amazingly supportive. So that's what I did. And I was so happy to leave that place. And yet, I I also made some great friends. Again, learned so much that I will be forever grateful for. But what is interesting, and that this is just life, I guess, that owner of that radio station since has taken a lot of credit for my success. Oh, no. And I want to go, dude, you had nothing <laughs> to do. But, I started it. You know, like, uh, okay. That, yeah, That's you, so funny. You're going to say what you're going to say. but Very uh, similar. Oh, really? Right when I graduated, I, was, I worked at a radio station, and the guy who was running it was not on, you know, uh-huh. far with everything else. Right, and, uh, right, right. I quit really soon after that, and yeah. then I did Second City. I moved in with my parents and everything like that. It, real, oh, my so, God. That's the same damn story. Same story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And were your folks supportive? Yeah, so far, so good. See, that's what's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. it's really helpful. Because there's so many people struggling when you have at least the support of your family and not that they ever understood it and by that I mean my dad would say to me so let me get this you work downtown all day then you go to th- do theater at night where you don't make any money and you help build sets and everything yeah it doesn't I mean, make any sense that's it right. yes well, well you said that you worked very hard like during the day and you do theater at night yeah what were some of your jobs here was the blessing for some reason and there's no one I don't know why yeah but I type very fast. Wow. Like, I believe it was 100 and something, 112 words a minute or something. Oh my gosh. Uh, I haven't been timed in a lot of years, but that's still really, really it was fast. still really yeah. fast. And like, I, I remember in sophomore year of high school, I had to take, I, I, my classes were filled, but I needed to take some sort of, I for, like a blow off class. I, mm-hmm. I forget, but anyway, I took typing. Well, from the minute I sat down, the woman said, Do you play piano? I go, No, I do not. Because, <laughs> Whatever I just happened to you were the Mozart. I whatever player. reason yeah. these fat fingers could hit those keys, <laughs> so uh, that was my saving grace. Because of my typing speed, I learned a uh, at the time it was called Word Perfect. I don't even know if it's still out there. It's a yeah. software program mm-hmm. for word processing, and so that's how, what I did. I was a word processor. That's so cool. And what was nicer about that than the average temp job mm-hmm. is because it was called word processing. It's kind of a skill. So instead of getting minimum wage, depending on where I was, I could get $12, $13 an hour. Oh, nice. You know, yeah. and this is again in the 80s. So 
it definitely helped. So, yeah. but I worked at all. I, I, one time, and oh god, one day I got fired. Not, I should say I quit. And then this old man came up. I was temping at this place, and he said, "You seem to be on the phone a lot." And I said, "I'm sorry." I said, "Is the work not getting done?" Yeah. Well, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, "Because the work I, I do, the reason I'm on the phone is there's nothing to do." Right. I, you know, but okay. So you, the, you just typed up everything. I was everything was done quickly and handed in. And yeah. he was, as it turns out, I found out later, he was just a consultant. He didn't even work there. So the guy I was working for, who was out of town, called in, and I said, "Listen, just so you know, I am gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna leave here because I'm not liking this vibe." And, and to be honest, I was a popular uh, temp because of my speed right. of typing. So yeah. I knew I would have a job the next day if I wanted one. So this guy was so crazy mad at the other old dude. He goes, "Put him on the line!" I'm like, oh god, this turned into a whole thing. But I still left because I thought, well, now I can't be around here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too crazy. Uh, but I also was always had a busy social life, and and I know the guy was probably right. I was probably on the phone way too much. I'm calling friends about this show we're doing or that show. <laughs> Can you pick up this prop? Can you you know? Well, what if we write this scene? Right. All this stuff, and so I'm sure he was crazy. But my point of view was the work is done. Exactly. You're, I understand if I'm on the phone and you're waiting for a document, you should be pissed. And once, like you know, you said you you didn't really know what you were doing in college, and you were kind of like you know just looking for something when you. When you're calling during your other job about Second City and improv, yeah, is that sort of when you it clicked? You're like, that's what I'm really passionate. I about. knew the minute the first time I got on stage at Second City, it yeah. was on the main stage where I was on last week wow. or two weeks ago now, and I got that first laugh. Oh yeah, and it was this moment of <laughs> and I thought that's really cool. Oh my god, that's cool, and then I'd get more laughs, and then. I was kind of, you know, the funny one in the class, and then I, you know, people wanted to work with me, and I thought, well, I, I this feels right. Yeah. So it, it was interesting because I knew pretty soon, pretty qu- quickly, that I had found what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But I also knew, as I said that, it doesn't mean you get to. Right. Yeah. I, I have a lot of super crazy talented friends who, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out where it could be a living. Um, and I'm also not, I've never been the guy who could sleep on a friend's couch for a month. Mm-hmm. I'm just not that guy. Yeah. So I needed, it needed to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell would have happened. Eggs into one basket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I kind of did. Yeah. Other than my typing skills, I guess I could <laughs> still be word processing and maybe in another, <laughs> I would have had to learn another program. I don't know. That's so great. Now, every yeah. time I see you in the back typing in Parks and Rec. Dude, like, I type really fast. He's writing a whole like, script, right? Yeah. Amy, Amy, Amy said, no, no, I type faster than you. I go, no, you don't. And so we did it. And like, oh, you put, raced. Put it away, bitch. I got this. I got this. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And yeah. you mentioned you were there like eighty, like mid eighties in Second City. Did you ever? Well, I was never worked for Second City. I trained there. Trained. Never right? worked there. But yeah. did you cross paths with Amy? Because I think she was never. There the only that thing time. we can figure that we think we did together was through friends. We all went to a, Hollow, a Hollywood parade. Like literally, <laughs> that's all we can figure. Just which out makes here. out here, yeah. and it makes no sense because we have a million crossovers. Yeah. Um, and same with Nick Offerman. Oh, Nick wow. and I absolutely should have crossed paths in Chicago but we can't figure it out so if we did we do not know because if Nick and I talk it's about this person we know that person we know, we know everybody yeah. and for some reason we never crossed wow so that's that, amazing that's so amazing. you probably were in some room together and I have oh I guarantee we were in rooms together in never knew show on NBC <laughs> yeah never yeah later. yeah I know I, it's that's life so is amazing. strange yeah, yeah true 
Um, speaking of Mr. Offerman, I heard that you initially uh, auditioned for the role of Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. That's Picture so Jim O'Hare as Ron Swanson. Well, how did Leslie, you... Leslie, <laughs> get me some bacon. Uh, what was your take? Did you have a different take I on did. It? Uh, first of all, it's so crazy when I think back because the thought of anyone other than Nick Offerman playing the role of Ron Swanson, I, there's nowhere in my world that I can think of another actor, <laughs> right. right? Now that it's been perfected. Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't I just can't think of it. But that being said, you get a phone call from your agent. First of all, the word had, you know, everyone kind of knows what's going on. And you hear that Amy Poehler is going to go from SNL to a sitcom. Yeah. Well, of course, you're like, oh, would that be awesome to get on that show? You know, me and every other actor yeah. out here. So whatever, then they're they're creating it, and they come up with these characters. They release them to the agents and breakdowns so that they can submit people. Well, everybody and their brother auditioned for Ron Swanson, and I think the the reason being at the time they had the they had Amy, they had Aziz. Uh, I mean, they knew of these people before there was any auditions. No one else auditioned for time. Like they had Amy, Aziz, Rashida, and Aubrey. That was like. A done deal. Wow. Before yeah. the show. And Aubrey got it because the casting director called Mike Shore and said, I just met the strangest girl. You have to meet her. And, and she was another one where her paths crossed with, with Amy, she was a page. She was a page well, as well as a PA at SNL for a while. While Amy was on the while show. While Amy was on the show. So <laughs> imagine funny. there's you know her idol, Amy Puller, and now she's and she's working side by side. And good friends with her now. Yeah. Life is crazy. Um, so those guys were locked in. So those guys, those four were locked in, like from the beginning. They, had, uh, I forget how the Aziz story went, but he was locked in. Like right. they knew they wanted Aziz, uh, so they put out for Ron Swanson. So everybody and their brother. I mean, I went to that first audition, and I'm telling you, big, short, fat, thin, oh black, white, Indian. Everybody they, was there. They, everybody and their brother. Yeah. Well, you find out later, Nick was always their thought, mm. Nick, but the network because Nick wasn't a name. Let's see other people. Uh-huh. You know, that's the nature of that. Yeah. You know, even though your producers can, you know. But what I love about Greg Daniels and Mike Shore, and we find this all out later at the time, we don't know. Like when it came time for them to give their choices to NBC, mm-hmm. they only sent Nick's tape. Oh they didn't gosh. send anybody else because that's who they wanted. And right. it should be who they want. Exactly. This is, they're, they're writing it. This is in their head. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I auditioned for, for Ron Swanson, and my take was uh, stern, like his, but more affable. Okay. Um, and that's probably just because who I am, maybe. Right. So I think, uh, but I, 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 my whole thing, I always tell any actor out there, auditions are so important. And I'm one of the crazy actors, I love auditioning, and I know that's nuts because most people are terrified and they hate it. For whatever reason, I love it. Maybe it's because I'm performing, or I don't know what it is. I love it, and that doesn't mean I don't screw up because I've done many where I've ugh, stunk up that room like you, <laughs> like I, I just want to go. If you hire me, you're idiots. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like you have no taste if you think that this performance is worthy of the role in your show. So I, I've certainly screwed up, but my my thing is always go into those auditions so prepared because you don't know number one who's in the room and you don't know what else they're working on. Right. So when I hear I'm in an audition for Ron Swanson. In my mind, I'm like, they'll never give Jim O'Hare that role. But this is the guy who created The Office and the other guy who's been working on The Office, and they both were at SNL. These are important players. Yeah. Just impress them. That's, that's all you can do. And I felt like I did. I left the room thinking, okay, hopefully down the road if there's a guest star or they're working on another show, who knows, they'll think of me. Yeah. 
So you put it on your mind. You have to because if you obsess about every uh, audition, you'll, you'll blow your head That's off. True. It's yeah. just you can't. Yeah. Um, you do what I do. What I always do, which is I get in my car and redo the audition again, as if that's <laughs> yeah. going to change anything. As if anything can happen. Go over every little every part. line. <laughs> well, did I did I tweak it here? Did yeah. I? As if it matters. It matters none. The, the tape is up there. They've yeah. already seen what I'm going to do. Uh, so then weeks go by, and I get a call from my manager and she said um, they just called and they wanted if you'd come back in to read for a different role on Untitled Amy Polar Project. Yeah. Well, hell yes. That was, it worked out how I thought. Yeah. They're not going to give me Ron Swanson but do a good enough job that they like you. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought it was just for a guest spot or something. I didn't know what it was. Right. So then I get to the audition and the room is filled with big and white and tall and black and pink and yellow and so again, like, like well, they don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. So that audition I do, and it was for Jerry, uh, but the Jerry that no one knew yet, because they didn't know who Jerry was. Right. So I can't think, I think they kind of just created a scene, because when I look back, it was nothing. It really was not much of anything. It certainly didn't relate to the show. So, but I did it, uh, and it was fun. The room was fun. Greg and Mike are just sweet men, and it felt good. Again, I left there going, you did what you can do. Redid it in my car, <laughs> and then let it all go. Yeah. And then, I think it was two weeks later, my manager calls and says, they want to book you on Parks and Recreation. Oh, my god! So, well, what is that, number one? The Amy Poehler <laughs> show. Oh. And I said, what role? Yeah. <laughs> and, twice. Yeah, yeah. And she said, Jerry. I said, okay. Right. But we still didn't know what that meant. Right. Because they weren't offering a steady gig. They did say, uh, the way this is being shot, because of Amy's schedule, I get confused. She was either pregnant or just But they, instead of doing a typical pilot, they said, let's do six of them. So Just back to back. Back to back six. Wow. So which is good and bad. The bad of it is, you know, with a pilot, after you do the pilot, you you, know, you test it, you find out what works, what doesn't work, and you can tweak it. Yeah. We didn't get that opportunity. So the whole thing was. So a pilot. the first six were kind of of the same tone, which did not end up to be the tone. They changed Leslie season two um, to be because people were saying she was too much like Michael Scott from The Office. Oh yeah. Who, I'm a obsessive fan of The Office, yeah. so. <laughs> Uh, I knew what they were. I, I knew what people were saying, uh, and but that's never who they wanted Leslie to be. This was not a ripoff of The Office, even though it was from producers from Great The Daniels, Office. Yeah. So, uh, so we didn't get that. But so I did those six, and then what kind of, from what I hear, what kind of helped me was the very last day. I thought I was done, and then I get a call that night from my manager saying something's gone on. They want to know if you'll go with Amy tomorrow to some forest with a couple of kids and just improv some scenes oh for the God. top and bottom of the show. <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm terrified because yeah. I haven't done the improv forever. Right. And it's Amy, yeah, freaking polar. <laughs> so I get there, and to be honest, it was awesome. That's so and cool. And the word is, I made some fans that day of the producers, and they were like, "Okay, That's he can incredible. he can play the game." Yeah. So. Then that was it. So then season two started, and I think, I think by midway through season two, we got the call to make me a uh, series regular, which is of and course. And you got to be on every single. I've episode. never missed an episode. Yeah, I've never missed an episode. So yeah, cool. and even in season two, this is funny. Season two, um, one of the producers came up and said, "They're writing an episode for you." <laughs> Great. I want it like for me already. You know, wow. And they did, and so I was getting calls from some of the people from the office. Damn you! We were four seasons before we got an episode or something like that. So I kind of knew even before they offered me the uh, the you know the regular series option. I kind of knew it was heading that way because they were giving me a storyline. That's which, so great. Yeah. So that was. I lovely. think it was in 
the second season, but my favorite part of your character, I think, besides the fart attack, which is classic. classic. <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, I think it's Paul Schneider's character. When yeah. he comes in, you guys Mark are trying to, Yeah, you guys are trying to top each other. Exactly. And you go, uh, hey, uh, I found out that you have a parking ticket you didn't pay for. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, your uh, stepmother, your adopted, adopted mother. mother smoked weed. Yeah. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, you didn't know she smoked pot? I didn't know I was adopted. <laughs> yeah. that And it's funny because that is... That's my favorite. It was written by Dan Gore, that line. And oh. to this day, I, and Dan Gore is now the co-creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And uh, Dan was with us until Brooklyn. And I always say, Dan, I owe you the fact that I'm still here. He goes, oh, something else would have happened. I don't know. <laughs> but that's when the writers knew. When they saw, after that was shot and they watched it, that's who he is. Your reaction. He's <laughs> that guy. He's the what? He doesn't know what's totally going right. on around him. That's who he is. And thank God. Because, that's amazing. Was I that mean, maybe something else would have come up, another character type thing. Right. But... That that solidified it because you mentioned that Jerry wasn't really fleshed out when you yeah, first no, went. There was he. Their theory was Mike and Greg said he's funny. Put him at a desk. Something will happen. Okay. And that's and every once in a while they the throw pinpoint? us a line. Oh, Leslie, so and so's on the phone for you, or yeah. uh, you know, Ron, uh, April, whatever. You know, little bits here, and they put us in the group scenes. Right. And so you would see right when I say being Retta, who plays Donna on the mm-hmm. show, because we were hired under the same guise of not really knowing where the hell. So we bonded early on. Yeah. Red, is, Red is my girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, but. They always did try to include us, but yet we we weren't one of the main six. It's just how it was. Right, that's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Did Did you have a big hand in helping flush out? Jimmy? I'd like to say I did, but I didn't. And as a matter of fact, someone said to me, "You need to go to them and give them a bunch of ideas for your character and show them that you know, blah blah blah." Uh, that's uh, it's not my style. Yeah. And I'm probably wrong to not have that style, but I, I, it's not who I am. Uh, and I didn't do that. And I mean, I certainly pitched ideas over the years, like once we knew who Jerry was, like about family issues and stuff like that. Uh, but these writers, they're just so damn brilliant. I, 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 you know, I, I always felt, um, I still feel, I'm not worthy. Like to go up to them and say, here's what should happen. Oh. No, <laughs> these are people who have. Look what look at the episodes they've like written. Like Joe Mandy, Megan Emery. Oh my God, Joe Ma- Harris Whittles. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, I mean, very funny. Goes uh, Aisha. Uh, I mean, it goes it goes on and on and on. The, the writers, Dan Gore and, and uh, Norm Hiscock and everybody. So, you know, you know, I I'm not worthy. <laughs> so no, they they fleshed out Jerry. That's. I mean, I'd like to think my performance helped. Yeah. Because then it would lead them to think of other things. Absolutely. But. I can't take credit for that. I mean, I, I think as a comedic actor, which, you know, I think Jerry's the goldmine character. <laughs> you get, not only do you get to do, you know, physical and sort of yeah. slapstick humor, yeah. but he's just like, he kind of, like you said, he like, doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. But he's also at the same time so lovable and unassuming. And he's ultimately happy. That's the, and that's like the Charlie Chaplin. Like, yes. You know, that's yeah. the ultimate comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Amy said once in an interview, and I, I remember it kind of stopped me in my tracks because I was so flattered. She said, uh, Jim is a brilliant physical comedian. Because oh, yeah. I've never thought of myself as that, ever. And I still probably don't because no one's worse to their ego than I am because I'm always like, eh, I'm not worthy. But it was such coming from her. 
I don't know. That just it felt awesome. So to be able to get to do falls and the only and, and they were really good because I loved doing it. Like, yeah. I wanted to be set out on fire. I wanted to I wanted to do all this stuff, but some things you can't right. just because of uh, insurance. And there was a scene where I fall in the creek to get a burrito, oh, yeah. and uh, the creek it was over at Lake Balboa, and it was maybe three inches of water. And they're like, we can't let you fall there. It's all rocks. You're gonna so anyway. A stunt guy did the initial fall, yeah, and then I lay in the creek and get soaked. And <laughs> anyway, they let me do everything else. But other than that, they've pretty much let me do that's so much my own fun. stuff. And they're always like, "Okay, we have a stunt guy. What are your thoughts? Let me do it. That's so okay. Cool. But we please let me do it. <laughs> so and then sometimes what they did because to me, you know, especially when something airs, you can see their face. Like right. you can tell yeah. when they pull in a st- like when they're pulling because you know the actor didn't do it. Exactly, that makes yeah. me crazy. We did a promo for the Olympics, and in the promo, Nick and Pratt. So Andy, uh, well, in the promo, it would have been uh, Ron and Andy. Andy. They're playing. I'm sleeping in a chair, so they wheel me out into the hallway and they push me like a shelf, like um, what's the on the ice? Is that um, oh? Um. Oh, uh, you know what they're brushing? Gosh, I don't know. The hell is that? You know what I'm talking yeah. about, though. So, and they shut, well, the bit is he hits a wall and goes flying. Yeah. So they had the stunt guy there, and the stunt guy did it, and he got a little rattled. Like, I go, oh, please let me do this. Please let me do this. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. I go, please let me do this. So he did it, and that's the take they used. That's amazing. Because it was, because you can really see me hit right. the wall, and it's not a stunt guy. It's my <laughs> face and my reactions and my falling off the chair. Yeah. And, yeah, I just love stuff like that. What was like the? Did you have like what was the biggest stunt? I think besides lighting the fire, on fire, the yeah, fire was yeah. definitely the biggest. As far as there was so much, uh, you, so much that goes into it, and by that I mean they have to have a fire marshal, they have to have firemen, they have to have um, the stunt guy and his guys. So I mean, I couldn't have been hurt if I tried. Yeah. It, it was everybody. If they had swung the camera any direction, you would have seen ten guys ready to pounce on me. You know, so. <laughs> I was all for it. The stunt guy did it initially so I could see what was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, because the trick is when your arm goes on fire, don't do this. Oh. Because then it comes up here. So oh. either keep it up here. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, but don't Don't do put this. your hand down. That's the whole trick. Yeah. If you don't put your hand down, you're not going to, you know. So, and they said if it starts, if you feel burn, you know, they gave me a code and I just say it. Well, I felt heat, but I never felt a burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I loved it. We did three takes, That's and I, so I was fun. like, "Oh yeah, another take!" <laughs> yeah, and Aziz was the one to put me out. And uh, did he actually put you out? Yes, yeah. Aziz actually put it out wow. uh, in the spray thing. Yeah, but again, but he, ruined he the had cake. to put me out. Was it? He ruined the cake, though. He ruined that damn cake. <laughs> he tried to blame it on me. But what, oh, sorry, what were you saying? Well, no, they. If he hadn't put me out, I would have been put out by ten other places. Oh yeah, they were. The guys were everywhere, and they even had these wet things and. And it was really cool. They put this gooey stuff on your arm, uh-huh. and then they put this cloth over it. Then it's amazing what goes on, you know. But it took certainly added way more time to the day because of the prep. Yeah, yeah. But it was awesome. That's so funny. Though. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I mean, how did you ever do like um, like Pratt Falls or like physical humor before, like on stage at Second City, or because nah. you are like a master at it? Uh, well, I don't know about it. Thank you. Uh, you're too kind. I, I, I actually when I, I watched. When I watch Parks and you do something like you spill a coffee or something like that, I rewind it because I'm like, how did he? Like, it was so unnoticeable and perfect. Thank you, uh, uh, thank you. I, I don't know. Um, I did find the trick to falling over chairs is to just as you're walking by, 
put your foot in the rung. Because <laughs> Pratt, and especially Aziz, they're like, every time they think I'm really falling. So their reactions <laughs> are so real because, you know, I mean, are you okay? Are you okay? Right. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy it. But have I done it before? I don't... Um, I don't, uh, no, I had to do a, I did a play once in Chicago where I had to eat 28 pieces of gum at once. Oh my God. That was probably the craziest <laughs> thing other than, yeah, but imagine two shows. Right. Ooh, that was a lot of gum. <laughs> my jaw would ache. But that's a different story. And it seems like also um, Jerry was, like maybe for a couple seasons, was sort of the butt of the joke yeah. after they figured that out. Yeah. But then maybe like four season or fifth season they discovered that or they rewrote it so where you're like a hero at home. Yeah. And you're like this crazy, you know, you have this alternate life. And that is the only reason that I was allowed to be on that show for seven seasons. Because Mike's theory, and he's absolutely right, you can't have a character who's so put upon, so beaten up. The audience work, feels bad for him. You already feel bad for him. Yeah. So now if you thought he went home and life is, like, it's too much. Well, whose idea was it to make his life? Like, you know, married to Christy Brinkley. Well, there was all sorts of ideas. Yeah. Uh, we were, the word came out, we're going to look at Jerry's home life. Amy's pitch is super funny, but thank God it didn't go that what way. Because her, her pitch was, maybe Jerry is so, you know, beat up at work that when he gets home, he's a tyrant. <laughs> so, like, he's married to this little tiny chain-smoking, you know, oh, God, he's home, he's home, kids, he's home, be quiet. You know, like... Maybe it's, you know, which would really be funny. Yeah. Like, I go home and I'm like, you know, just crazy. Right. And, um, but that's not like, that. that's still a shitty life. I don't know if I can swear. No, but yeah, that, That's yeah, still a shitty life. Right. Um, so, Mike said, the only way for this character to survive, that we can get away with what we get away with, is that he goes home and has absolutely the best life out of any of them. <laughs> yeah. He really does. Yeah. As much as Jerry is put upon and teased and mocked, He's beloved. He's he goes home. beloved mm-hmm. by his family and friends at home. I mean, his wife, yes, she happens to be incredibly gorgeous. <laughs> his children are gorgeous. But not only that, they adore him. Yeah. They adore him. He is their light. And so, Jerry, work is work, whatever. Okay. And I think Jerry knows who he is at work. Okay. Because there's <laughs> even an episode where, the episode where I pretend that I mugged, the burrito episode. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, and, and Leslie has told everybody, no more mocking Jerry. This is over, blah, blah, blah. Well, then April comes up with a cup of coffee or something, and I spill it all over myself. <laughs> and then I go, okay. And then everybody, yay, mocking Jerry is back. Yeah. You know. So Jerry knew who he was in the office. Right. But he went home to this family who worshipped him. And it's a known fact. Jerry had the best life of anyone on that show. He Absolutely. really did. Yeah. Even Leslie, who is so bright and smart, but she's too obsessed with work how healthy is that right. i mean even in the last episode i think she said um uh she goes well yeah you know i'll work till i'm 100 at 97 i'll go down to three days a week. Oh, i'm already <laughs> bored about what am i gonna do on that fourth day you know what i mean like th- that's someone but for her that's awesome but for jerry it meant family family was, family was what was important right. and so as long as he went home well it's five o'clock gail's got a meatloaf yeah you know um <laughs> jerry headed home you know and yet Jerry, it, uh, Gail's got like a tasty treat for me. Gail's got a tasty. And, <laughs> and April's like, Ugh. it's a meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Amy, you know, we've always, we always joke about the, the whole, you know, how she would be with him and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, we're, um, Amy's character, Leslie and Jerry, 
were really the closest as far as quality of work. As much as Jerry screwed up, Jerry, when there was work to do, Jerry was there to do it. If yep. Leslie needed Jerry, Jerry was there. You were the only one campaigning. I was <laughs> the only one. Like to the point I didn't even vote for her. I didn't know the. <laughs> I'm out campaigning. So ultimately, when there was a crisis, and if you watch the episodes for the diehard fans, when Leslie's really trying to get us on board on something, Leslie, Amy slash Leslie, looks at Jim slash Jerry. First. First, because she knows he's on board. Right. She knows he'll be on board. Even though he'll probably screw the damn thing up. (laughs) He I mean (laughs) but even John Hamm was worse. Right, yeah. Even John Hamm was worse. So (laughs) but meet him, you know, you can hang out at Subway. (laughs) I mean it's so true, I feel like a real life too, those guys that you see are like, Oh, I wonder, you know, he has such a boring life. They go they have the best lives and the ones who are like, Oh, I wish I was them, they have this like the most depressing. Right, and everyone's got a different definition of what is exciting. I mean, would Jerry's life be great for me? Um parts of it, sure. Absolutely parts of it. But I do like uh I don't need to just go to Muncie. I do like to get yeah. on a plane and land in Europe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Where Jerry is happy if him and the family go to Muncie. Right. You know, Muncie's lovely, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, so are the Bahamas. Exactly. And so is uh, London. So uh, we definitely differ there. But I do think family is incredibly important. And it's probably because I was raised by a wonderful one that I realized the importance of that. Yeah. And um, you said you mentioned earlier that you got to make Amy, you know, crack up in yeah. those early Episodes. Who was yeah. the hardest to break character and who was the easiest? Okay. It, hardest to break, and it got less and less hard as the seasons went on, is Nick Offerman. <laughs> because Pratt could break him. Really? Even if Pratt, even if Offerman said he would not break, Pratt could break him. Uh, Pratt could break any of us, but I never said I was he's tough to break. Would so you guys try to like break each well, other? Well, yeah, it depends, you know, because w- what we did, uh, and I also think it's what kept everybody so close, uh, we did what was called a fun run. So after we got a scene, what was on the script, so actors are happy, writers are happy, directors happy, we're moving on to the next scene. Before we move on, we do a fun run. Okay. And in a fun run, Anything goes. And I mean, one time Chris was naked, one time Retta pulled off a wig. I mean, anything goes in a fun run. Yeah. And we know the storyline, what we're supposed to get to, but we can we swear. So we can we, it gets crazy, yeah. So then you're definitely trying to break people. Yeah. That's competition, you know. Um, but again, Nick, very stern, very stern. But as the years went on, he got easier and easier, and he can't look at Pratt. He just can't. Because the thing about Chris Pratt, on top of being like one of the loveliest men you'd ever meet in your life. He is so talented and so funny and he does, nothing is done the same way twice. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth and it's lovely. You know, as yeah. a fellow actor, it's lovely. He's to so just physical watch. too. I, he's, my favorite oh my is when he gosh. jumps over the desk at oh, and, he, and, gets, and he throws the laptop at oh, the light switch. And you know that was an accident. Yeah, they had to reset right? the whole. Thing. Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it was a total accident. Yeah, yeah. Even on the last. Uh, I guess I can reveal this because it won't make the. I can reveal this because it won't make the episode. Uh, in the finale, he does something, and out of nowhere, he takes he, his body and slides across the desk. Everything goes flying. <laughs> Computers, everything goes flying. But it was perfect because yeah. that's Pratt. Yeah. That's so great. Um, I think he'll have. Um, I think he'll have a career after Parks. Chris Pratt. I think yeah. he'll have some stuff. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he's in he'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, he'll do okay. <laughs> Who is the easiest to break? Oh, I'm kind of easy. Yeah. I admit it. I'm kind of easy. Uh, hmm. Amy is borderline. 
I, I, oh boy, Amy's not easy, but it's just so gratifying right. when you get Amy. You get Amy. Yeah, uh, I think Pratt's pretty easy too. Me, Pratt, I think Reddit can be easy. Yeah, Aubrey, not so much. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, not so much. Um, Rashida was easy. That was a, <laughs> that was a no-brainer. Adam Scott is pretty... He's good, and yet there could be days. I don't know what's going on, but he could be easy on certain days. Yeah, yeah which I love because so Adam's a great guy. Too. They're all great. Well, did you amazing. have anything from the fun runs we improvised that actually got on to the show? Absolutely. But that being said, we always say uh, the writing has always been so strong. We get a lot of credit. Oh, my God, you guys, it looks like you're improvising that whole show. No, no, no. The writing is so strong that it... The words are as if we're just saying them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're just coming up with them. No, most of what you see on television is the script. Okay. That being said, absolutely. There's always little takes that we do. Uh, one of the funniest lines that Mike Shore said has ever been on the air for Parks was when Amy had the flu and she's going to leave. She's all bundled up and Chris goes, oh, I think I figured he's on the computer. He mm-hmm. goes, it looks like you have connectivity. Dis- <laughs> like in other words, a computer issue. Right. He, he, just brilliant. Yeah. You know. And then there's always the classic. Out, do you watch the outtakes ever? Yeah. Did you see the one with Pratt and Kim Kardashian? Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> I mean, for hours that day, we would everyone would just up. go crazy because you would so think about funny. that whole moment. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Check that out, people. It's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I'm sure you have a zillion of them, but what was, like, your most favorite moment? on Parks and Rec or your, some of your favorite moments I know wow. you guys got to be on Mad Magazine which is like the yes I was so That's honored a, by that yeah. That's still on my Facebook page it's still my yeah, yeah. Uh, the drawing and some people are like oh you look terrible of course it's, we do it's, it's Mad, Mad Magazine, Magazine. <laughs> yeah. if you look good no exactly. this is an honor they're mocking us yeah. I, oh my god I, I was that's one of my biggest honors. And we found out recently that Damn It Jerry is now in the Urban Dictionary. Oh, really? Yeah, there you oh go. A little, little moment of pride. <laughs> damn It How Jerry. How sad for me. Yeah, Damn It Jerry. Um, my favorite moments, I, a million, so I could never give you one. But every time we did a scene in the conference room, it would be all of us sitting around a table, which just meant there's going to be a lot of laughs. Just, you know, because between takes and then even during takes and back and forth. Oh my God! When we had scenes, when I would read what we were doing the next day, I was like, ah, two in the conference room, because <laughs> it just meant we were all together. Right. And those—that's when it was the best. That's so but many, many of those. Yeah. And we did a um, one of the final scenes we shot was in Tom's bistro, and we were all together. And I remember thinking, I did this a lot, but in particular this day, I did it a lot over the seven years. Remember this moment. Remember this moment. Remember this moment, because we're all together. Wow. Oh, yeah. And. You know, and people have said it over years. Oh, we're like a family. I mean, I love these people. I love them, and not just the cast. We've had eighty percent of the same crew from the beginning. That's My unheard gosh, that's, of, yeah. and it's because no one wanted to leave that show. Wow. Because when you have a lead like Amy Poehler, who absolutely sets a tone of, you know, obviously work's got to get done, but that doesn't mean you can't laugh and joke and cry if you're having a bad. She just set this tone. She was our fearless leader. That's just all you can say about yeah. her because she's that person and she's so caring and making sure everyone's okay with, you know, like there'd be, a, there'd be something wacky in the script. Are you okay with that? Yeah. 
I'm like, I get to fart and split my pants. I'm all good. <laughs> I am all good. You know what I mean? But that's who Amy is. And that's so, so great. She sets such a tone. Um, I just finished her book, and oh she's my God. like my hero. Well, she's, you know how she wrote something about each one of us in the book? Yeah. We were at her house. The last couple of weeks of Parks, we were trying to get together more outside just because mm-hmm. we knew it was... Right. So we're at her house, and she goes, you guys, I'm going to have a very Leslie Note moment right now, <laughs> and I'm going to read you what I wrote about each one of you. Oh. <laughs> Oh god! So you guys were all together when she was reading that. Part? Yeah, she oh, read each so one. She read out loud to each one of us what she said about us, and uh, I don't know. Amazing. It was that's amazing and cry- And Nick Offerman's like, uh, "Well, just to let you know, there's a lot of pollen in the air here today." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, oh amazing, just sweet and loving. And Amy, that's so great, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. And yeah. uh, to talk about the the new season. It's amazing. I saw the first episode, and yeah. uh, it's just so funny that it's three years in the future in 2017. That <laughs> the gadgets, the isn't that awesome? Are so yes. cool too. The phones. There's so many so fun. The drones, the yeah, gadgets, the, dr- <laughs> uh, the grizzle pads. It's and there's some other really cool stuff coming up that they yeah. just created. You know, which may or may not exist in three years. It's not like we're going 20 right. years in the yeah. future, but they might. Um, but what I love about it is, certain, like Jerry, it's still the same clothes, still the same hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has aged today. Has it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. He is. You know, first of all, Jerry in the beginning of this season is 70 years old. Oh now people said that because I'm in real life. I'm 52. Right. But when I was 49, they wrote Jerry's Sweet 16 episode because Jerry had a leap year birthday. Oh, yeah. So he only had a birthday every four years. So technically, when they gave me Sweet 16, uh, 16 times 4, I was uh, 62. Okay. Right? Yeah, 64. 64, because of course 16 times 4 is 64. So then three more years went by as we shot the show so I guess now I'm 67 and then we jumped three years <laughs> so now I'm 70 now in real life I am 52 <laughs> in the world of funny Jerry Gergich is 70 years old that's so funny uh-huh. so I always say for 70 I look awesome yeah. for 52 I look like shit but for <laughs> 70 I am really rocking it yeah so sad well, you look great for both <laughs> oh kiss and ass thank you I love that um, but the, I just saw the first two, and by the time yeah. this episode will come out, the it'll be next week. So the third episode. Oh, good. Tonight we have two more. Two more. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So so four. The, They'll see four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited. Yeah, they're burning them. You know, it's a mixed feelings about how they're doing it. Um, Is it twelve times two times each? Uh, no, we only did thirteen. The final season is thirteen. Oh wow. So it's going to be. Actually, I don't know how they're going to do that because I thought it was two every week, but 13 is not an even number. So I don't know. But the finale, I know, will be an hour. Okay. Um, NBC is putting, you know, NBC, it's weird. So many people feel that NBC maybe didn't treat us super well over the years as far as publicity and stuff. But I got to come from the standpoint of they kept us on the air. You know, they could have gotten rid of us at any time. We were not a ratings blockbuster. I do think what they did realize, which is true, we were very popular amongst younger people on Netflix and Hulu and on their iPads. And, and right. you know, They're not sitting at home with a Nielsen box. Yeah. You know? And I do think they realized that. But still, they kept us on the air. So I'll be forever grateful to NBC. Um, but they're burning them off while we're doing two a week. And then yeah, and then one week, there must be one. 
and then the finale the will finale. be a double. Oh man! Yeah, and the finale is amazing. I, people, every every interview has said to me, if you could come up with Jerry's perfect ending, and it's uh, I don't have to because they've done it. Yeah, they have given me. Amy said to me one day, "Did you hear what they're thinking about for you?" And I said, "No." And she whispered it to me, and I just had my hair stood up. I mean, I was like, "Oh my God, that's that's the perfect ending." So awesome! Yeah. It's the perfect ending. So it's been written, in my opinion. Other people might disagree when it airs. I'm so know. excited to watch the new season, but also so sad that yeah, it's all it's, 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 it's bittersweet, dude. Bittersweet, yeah, bittersweet. But you know what? Every show ends. That is the nature of television. That being said doesn't mean it's not easy to end it. But we also did not want to be a show that people were sick of. Right, that drags on. You know, because in certain shows that I love uh, went too, you know, I'm not going to say it was once, but certain ones went too long. And even as a diehard fan, I was like, oh, this was a tough season. It should have ended on whatever. So I think we're going to go out with people saying... They could have even done a few more, yeah. and we, you know, what I mean, like keep them wanting more, keep yeah. them wanting more, rather than people wishing we had already been gone. Right. So, I, I, as much as I would love to do it for the rest of my life and be with those people for the rest of my life, I think the right decision was made, and it, it really was. NBC put it in the hands of Amy and Mike. You tell us how you want this to go, and they did, and they they even said the short season. They said thirteen. Like they went to NBC wow. and said, "Here's what we'd like. Yeah, we'd like a final 13. Okay. I mean, they could have said final 20. They could have said whatever they wanted. It right. appeared they could say whatever they wanted. But So it's going out the way Amy and Mike want to go out, and I love that. Yeah. Because if there's two people who deserve it to go out the way they want it to, it's Amy and Mike. That's so great. So, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, you'll That's see so there's so some great stuff. I yeah. really believe it's the strongest season yet. Wow. I really believe that, yeah. Yeah, it's so bittersweet. Yes. <laughs> Lots but, of tears. <laughs> uh, I don't want to keep you for too no, much longer. Okay. Actually, I just wanted to ask you the Entertainment Weekly that came out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have asked you already. Oh, my God. But w- w- did you, like, tell them, like, to do that? Or? No. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I had no idea. Oh. You know, the way these covers work, mm-hmm. you shoot the cover. You know you're going to shoot the cover, and we all shot the cover. And we did a couple of different setups. Um, once you get shoot the cover, I know Amy has approval of how what picture they use, but nobody has approval if other than the editor of the cover. Like how you know, like I'm pretty sure Amy said, yeah, that we all look good in this picture. That's the picture to use. Right. But she had because she sent. She said to me, "Did you see this oh, when it came out?" Yeah. Or I said, "How did I get it?" Was it her? One, someone sent it to me, and then all of a sudden, Amy and I are talking. And Amy goes, she goes, dot, dot, dot. I think it's funny, dot, dot, dot. But I, I got her message to be, I'm not sure. What do you think? And when I first saw it, just to be perfectly honest, uh-huh. coming, and this is pathetic, but coming from my ego, uh-huh. I was very disappointed. Right. My ego talking. Like, when are the chances that Jim O'Hare is going to be on the cover of a magazine again? Yeah. And then they did that. And there it is. My face is covered. Oh. But then when you think of, in many ways, it's an homage to Jerry. It's like, <laughs> of course they did that. Like, it's funny. And to your diehard fans, they went crazy. They thought it was brilliant. But as it turns out, a lot of people didn't. And we're getting a hold of Entertainment Weekly. Fan sites were being started. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So that I get a call from my publicist saying they want to talk to you over in Entertainment Weekly about how you feel about this whole thing. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to make a big deal out of this. It, right. It's funny. Uh, yes, I had moments of, ugh, 
I wish my face was on the cover of the yeah. magazine, but it's funny. <clears throat> so we get on the phone. They were great. They truly did it as a, they love the character. Um, they, under no circumstance was it well, like, well, we're going to screw with O'Hare. It was, this is a, a send off for Jerry. This is a beautiful homage. Exactly. <laughs> no, and, when I first picked it up too, I was like, oh man, like, why did they do that? Like, <laughs> totally like uncalled for. Exactly. But then I thought about it some more. I was like, you know what? Since it is funny, that's going to stand out as one of the, like, the, like top magazine covers of all time. Like there people are gonna go. like seek that out. Well, Retta <laughs> was in Ireland when it all. She was went to Ireland for the holidays, and she comes back and she goes, "What the hell?" She goes, "You're getting more attention from not having you know your from face, your face being right. covered on the damn cover than any of us." She goes, "No one's told me about it, you know." So yeah, it, it ended up, and then this week it came out. The new one that came out this week, I gave a rebuttal, you know, a supposedly oh, funny rebuttal. Thing. It's you know silly, um, but ultimately. If they were so they were so truthful in telling me that it was done strictly as a compliment that the character was so well known and loved that people will get what they did. Yeah. So ultimately, it's really cool. That's so yeah. awesome. And, and Entertainment Weekly has been so kind to Parks from the beginning. I mean, critics overall, we have been on every top ten list. We've won the Peabody Award. We've won we, just so many awards. Um, we've been critically praised from the beginning and that never wavered I mean even some people would say oh this episode might not have been as good or whatever but in general we always stayed near the top and that's that's tough you know because in this business as soon as you're up there everyone's looking to knock you down right and we never really got knocked down. Um, well, it's truly one of the funniest shows on television right now. And thank it's you. I, I well take no credit for that, but it, I agree. <laughs> and only because the writing is amazing. It's, but, and yeah, the absolutely. It's yeah. Really and, and, and we always say it was lightning in a bottle. The toughest part to, for the goodbyes, especially when Amy was trying to give a speech she had trouble getting through, we all know this will never happen again. We all know that eight people will not be together that like we were mm-hmm. in mesh and combined with the writing in the produce it was lightning in a bottle yeah so that's that's sad you know i mean chris pratt said it the other night we were at some panel for something and he said he goes could it happen yeah he goes but i can't expect it and he's right we had seven years seven seasons six years of a gift that most actors will never get even huge famous actors We'll never have had the gift of Parks and Recreation. So to know that we have that. Because it's one thing to be, you know, you can be a super A-lister and all that. You go to work, it's a, but to have the experience of seven seasons on Parks and Recreation. It's truly amazing. I don't think a Brad Pitt has ever had it. I don't. I mean, it's it's a gift beyond a gift. And Pratt also, this, I don't mean to keep bugging you here, but uh, <laughs> no. one of the questions for Pratt was, and for all of us, but Pratt answered it. When... The show, you know, and everybody was becoming a little bit famous. Did it ever occur to you to leave? Like, especially, you know, Pratt is doing movies on the hiatus and blah, blah, blah. And the look on Pratt's face, he goes, that is a good question. And he goes, the reason it's a good question, that never even crossed my mind. <laughs> you know, and here's someone who easily could have said, listen, guys, I got movies lined up. Right. Pratt wanted to be with us. That, and he w- he said if there was... 10 more seasons, he'd be there for 10 more seasons. Wow. So, again, we were, that will be a blessing that very few will have had in their life as an actor, and I am grateful for that every day. That's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a tight family. Tight family, yeah, very, very it's tight. so great to hear. And, uh, 
If, if I could ask you one more really sure. quick question. Um, I know you're doing a movie coming up soon called Road Hard, the Adam Carolla. I already did it. That's already, I it's saw it. It's coming out in March, maybe? Is it? I don't, to be honest, I don't know. Okay. I saw it at the premiere. You know, Adam is a pretty decent actor. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, it's not what he's known for, but he did that boxing movie, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I play a. Like, is, it your, is it a serious role for you? Uh, kind of. Owner? It's not so much comedic. Um, I'm a club owner. I tell you, what I realized, and again, I've never had any dream of being a stand-up. I could not have been, I would not have been good in that life. Um, the, the premise of the movie, not to give away his story, but he's a guy who was a stand-up, got a big TV show mm-hmm. that became well-known and loved. His TV show's over, the offers aren't coming in, but now he's got a lifestyle, so he needs to make money, so he's back on the road. And the road is tough. For uh, God bless stand-ups, that road is tough. Yeah. And I play one of the, uh, I own one of the clubs, and I'm, I don't know if I lie to him, but it's very much. He said this happens. You, you're told one thing, and then when it comes time to get paid, they go, Something. "Well, you know, the numbers weren't what we expected." And blah blah. Well, you have no proof of what the numbers were. Exactly. So I play one of those sleazy kind of guys. Yeah. So, but. Um, I, it's interesting. It's a good movie. Yeah, I may just. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, it take a look. Awesome, it's pretty yeah. good. And then I'm doing a um, I'm doing a, a project with a childhood, not a childhood friend, but a friend from my second city days, uh, called Middleman, and we start shooting in the middle of April. And that is. Is that also the world opposite of? Related? It has a stand-up tone to uh, the middleman is referring to the middleman, mm-hmm. but there's, very, there's next to no stand-up comedy in it. Uh, it's about this guy Lenny that I play, who is. Um, just kind of a mess, and it's opposite of Jerry. So it's a nice opportunity wow, yeah. for me. Yeah, actually, Ned wrote the film for me years ago. But you know, you write films and nothing happens. But then these producers came to him and said, "If you can get Jim to do it, we'll do it." So we start shooting in the middle of April. So we're really excited about that. And what was it called again? Uh, it's called Middleman. Middleman. Oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to yeah. see that. We're going to start a favorite. Kickstarter campaign. We yeah. got, and there's some people in it that I can't say who that are huge. Wow. That, and I can't literally can't say one in particular who, but I'll just tell you this: when I said to him, "Would you do this?" before he even heard the details, of course, you said, "Wow, anything for you." Yeah. So just blessed. And it's the opposite of Jerry, which I'm oh, looking it's forward the, to it's seeing. The anti-Jerry. Some of my yeah. favorite dramatic, you know, actors were great comedians as well. I so. think that's this will give me a chance to do some stuff. Yeah. You know, and I've had some chance on TV shows where I've gotten to do some stuff, and it's always great. But this will be this is dark. It's really a comedy, but it's it. dark. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Sounds so great. Yeah, thanks. Well, thank you so much. This will be airing on Monday, so great. everybody should watch Parks and Recs tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And uh, thank you so much, Mr. O'Hare. My pleasure. I'm so time. glad this worked out. This thank was awesome. So great much. questions, by the thank way. Thank you so really much. Great. Thank you. Thank you.